Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is a cold Saturday morning here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors are essential for me to be able to bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on the links below and give them some love. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game in 2023. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is now ranked in the top 100 management podcasts in the U.S., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, Leading with Grit. My guest today is Lori Sudbrink. Lori uses her experience with poor leadership in a large global company to build a successful leadership training business, and she gives us a new way to think about grit in this important conversation. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Laurie Sudbrink. Laurie is the president and founder of Unlimited Coaching Solutions, which specializes in improving workplace performance. She witnessed weak leadership and communication breakdown over 15 years of working for a major company that eventually filed for bankruptcy. Determined to save other corporations from imploding, she launched and grew a training business that has helped Fortune 500s get their act together. She is the best-selling author of Leading with Grit, Inspiring action and accountability with generosity, respect, integrity, and truth. And Lori is on a mission to improve lives through leadership. And I'm honored to have her on the show. So, Lori, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, John. I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, it's good to meet you and great to have you on the show. And I love talking about grit. So this will be a fun, uh, fun discussion. But uh, just, you know, as I mentioned in the inter- inter- introduction, tell us a little bit about your experience with with poor leadership and what put you on a path to try to change things. Yeah, well, in the organization that I worked for almost 15 years, you know, I witnessed it and I I was there and watched when people were demoted and still kept the same pay, uh, you know, so they were rewarded for doing less work. Um, I watched and, and you know, even experienced myself being thrown under the bus, uh, being, you know, leaders not taking accountability for things and just even just... Uh, being wimpy, you know, that was kind of leader, just not willing to speak up when things needed to be talked about. And and as the organization needed to change, they weren't willing to be courageous and make those changes. And watching that and watching people suffer through that really inspired me to do this work. Yeah, interesting. I think you're right. I think a lot of times, and we, we talk about this on the show, a lot of times bad leadership is actually helps you become a better leader. When you observe these things that you're like, I don't ever want to see that, you know, in my lifetime. So it actually helps you to change only because you know what not to do, right? And it sounds it's like so you've had true. that experience. Yes, yeah, so true. You know, you learn a lot from, because the sting, it hurts, you know, and you don't forget that. And you think I am not going to treat somebody else that way. Or I, I want to at least do my best to rise above that and not act in that way. Yeah, that's great. And I like the fact that you had this experience and you said, you know, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to do something about it. And you did, and you've been successful in in uh, training leaders for for many years now. So, and that's uh, that's great. I mean, again, I think, I think uh, you know, leaders who are listening in, you know, like what, what's your purpose? And it sounds like you found your purpose in, in a bad mm-hmm. situation. So grateful for it too, you know, because I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I remember feeling envious of everyone else who knew what they wanted to do or wanted, and I didn't, and I stumbled into it. So I feel very grateful and blessed. And it's uh, 99 is when I started my own business. And I was doing a little of it, of course, within the organization before I left. Uh, so yeah, I just, I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed that I have found my my passion. I love it. I love it. That's so good. Now, one thing, and I don't want to bring it up, is you you actually lost two brothers to suicide. And I saw that in the write-up and stuff that you did. And that's just, you know, it's hard hard to take, hard to believe. I'm, I'm sure that's a, a tough thing. But you say it, it impacted you. And the question I had for you is, how did that impact your thoughts about leadership and what leaders need to be doing differently through that tragedy? Yeah, yeah. It um of course it impacted me in so many ways and in the in in the leadership realm and what I bring to the classroom now or the coaching engagements, really helping leaders learn to connect authentically with people, being present, being able to truly be look for how people might be feeling and care enough about it and don't be afraid, don't shy away from that. Um, of course, you set boundaries. It's not that you're going to be somebody's therapist, but it's so important for us to be able to connect on a human level so that, we're, you know, at the very least, people are going to be more productive, more motivated, right? 
Um, and we may not be saving lives every day, but I do feel like there's there's a lot of hurt in the world. There's a lot going on and people are struggling with a lot. And the more that we can connect with them authentically, you never know, you know, what kind of difference that might make in someone's life. Yeah, you know, you say that and I and I've practiced that for nearly three decades, but I never felt like that was an important thing that, like, I worked 22 years in, in in three global companies, and that's not something they preached or wanted us to do. But it was no. my human nature to treat people with respect, to understand that they're going through tough times, to give them the 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 you know the distance if they need it or come close when they need it. And just just by have being empathetic and being around people and just knowing how they're wired. And to me, you're going to get the most out of people when you connect with them. And and. But that wasn't something that was taught in corporate. In in and why is that not something that is yeah. we're a you know a part of how we do leadership training? You know, it's such a great point to bring up, and I do believe it is starting to be taught now mm-hmm. because people are starting to see the value of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. for example, and being able to really understand emotions and navigate through them for yourself, of course, so that you're not causing a lot of damage, but also being aware of that and helping other people manage through that. I don't think we were taught this early on or in the past because it was, as you're probably very familiar with, more of a command and control kind of thing, right? It was more top down. It was more, um, you know, it, it was almost like you, you had to be tough in order to be respected. And there was, you know, a dichotomy there. So I think that you know, for a lot of people, it doesn't come naturally. We can learn it. Uh, contrary to popular belief, emotional intelligence, empathy is very learnable, as I'm sure you're well aware of, John. It it will take some focus and some energy and some practice, but a lot of it boils down to shifting our thoughts and beliefs around it. You know, if we feel like we're being too soft, then of course we're going to shy away from doing it. We've got to right. realize that the true strength isn't being able to connect in that way authentically yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. I Some people call them soft skills. And I'm like, well, if there's soft skills, how come it's so hard for people to figure out? So, <laughs> that's right. Well, I've never been able to figure that out. So. Oh, that's right. So you have a book uh, called Leading with Grit, and I'm excited to talk about it. What inspired you to put pen to paper, get this book into the world? Yeah. Yeah, just just getting a book out there was really the inspiration was to be able to share this with more people, to be able to make it available for anyone who really felt motivated enough to implement this on their own. But I'll back up and say what where it stemmed from was really from uh, Don Miguel Ruiz of The Four Agreements. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Best-selling book. It's not a leadership book. It's a great life book. And he endorsed the front of my book. Um, I worked with him personally uh, for many years, and I was going to write a book based on the four agreements in the workplace and did a proposal to the publisher with a uh, certification for certifying you know, trainers for in the workplace for four agreements. And to my... Um, you know, to my surprise at the time, but also luckily for me, they they said no. <laughs> but he actually <laughs> said, we want to keep those rights. We don't want that. They had, they had the rights for okay. that. So um, that was something that I learned in my book. Don't give those rights away. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. so it was, a, a, a you know, another benefit. But so that inspired me to take what I was doing 
and put it into a way that people could remember it. Uh, you know, and people love acronyms and just something kind of catchy. And I remember my team at the time, there were six of us and we were in a, a room brainstorming and, and it had the, these walls painted with the whiteboard. Yes. And we were writing words all over the place and having fun with it. And all of a sudden, these four words popped out and it was grit. It was generosity, respect, integrity, and truth. And that's really how that became. Um, I, you know, I was doing the work for so long, but never really had uh, a formula or a way to put it into, you know, an easy way for people to remember. And you know, that um, circumstance that wasn't too pleasant when it happened, when I got denied, and yet it was, it was pretty uh, emotional at the time, <laughs> really turned into something amazing. So <laughs> I love that story because one of the things that we think of, we, we want to go through life and just have successes and we just want to be, you know, everything works out great. Everything smells like roses. Perfect. You know, but we... So many times things, the doors get slammed in our face, right? And we make a shift and it sometimes is the best thing that ever happens to us. And I, I love that you shared that story that you were denied, the, you know, the, the idea that you had this, this, this great idea and it was just completely shut down and you did a pivot and found something that you really, you know, truly believed in and want to get it, get it out in the world. And I just love that. Uh, and that's, it's so good to hear because. And, and leaders that are listening in right now, that's a great lesson right there is that maybe that door got shut, but that you, that pivot that you make could be the greatest thing that ever happens to you. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that story. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, now you do, you, you said GRID is an acronym. And so explain exactly what GRID is with from, from your book. Yeah. So, you know, old school GRID, let's start there. Just yeah. the word GRID, because it can cause collateral damage, right? It's important. I don't want to diminish the importance of it. We need it. Kids need it. You know, we, we've got to learn to not give up, persevere, um, you know, have our passion. And But what happens is we end up just so hyper-focused sometimes on one thing that we cause collateral damage in our lives. It happens to leaders all the time. It happened to me back in college. I, you know, I was working full-time. I was going to school half-time. I had a, a daughter, so I was single with, you know, single mom at the time. And I was so hyper-focused on getting like magna cum laude, straight A's. You know, it was, it, it was, crazy, really, what I was trying to do because I had so many other priorities in my life, but I, for some reason, I was just thinking about that. And at the end of every semester, John, I would end up sick. It took mm -hmm. me a few semesters before I saw the pattern. Yeah, I was neglecting my health. I was neglecting my relationships. And not only my health suffered, I'm sure my daughter suffered, at, you know, some too. So we definitely need a more balanced approach when it comes to grit and in the workplace, we need characters with grit, but they need to be grounded in generosity, respect, integrity, and truth, hence the acronym GRIT. And it always starts inside. So I invert the acronym and start with truth and then work our way back to generosity. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into a little bit about each one of those, if we have time for that. Or yeah, let's let's unpack it. So, so yeah. you start with truth, and that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm just I, I'm curious to hear your take on truth. I have my my feeling about it as well. So I'm kind of yeah. 
So words, truth in, in, in how you define it in the book. Yes, because a lot of people just kind of think of truth as I'm telling the truth. And um, I think of it more as knowing ourselves and accepting ourselves. What is our truth? Who are we? Our strengths, our weaknesses. You know, um, for example, in the workplace, we use a very simple and fun tool called DISC as a starting point for teams to start to get to know themselves and each other. And you know, do we know our passion, our purpose, just and accepting where we are. Um, and if we want to change, great, no worries. We can make some change, but we need to be able to know ourselves and accept ourselves first. That's mm-hmm. true. And then integrity is aligning to that truth. So that would be the telling of the truth. That would be no, um, that would be, you know, staying aligned in a way, doing doing what we say we're going to do, put it that way. Um, you know, and if, say we make a promise and we break that promise, well, we need to clean up the mess, right? We need to say we're sorry. We need to make up for that. We don't want to make a pattern out of that. Um, and so integrity, it's not about being flawless. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's not that unattainable definition of perfection, but it's doing our best, showing up, doing our absolute best, um, and taking action on things. So there's a chapter in the book for each one of these that really unpacks it a lot deeper than we are today. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today 
I was just going to say, I imagine if you bring, if you find your truth and you are, you know, uh, and it's a line, in other words, you're, you're, you have integrity where you're living your truth and acting your truth. I imagine you're an authentic person. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it builds trust, right? Like right. truth and integrity definitely builds trust and then sprinkle in respect, Yes, <laughs> you know, and yes. then we've really got something, right? Because we got to be able to respect ourselves first. And when we know ourselves, accept ourselves, align to ourselves, that's showing respect right there. And, you know, John, a lot of us have heard the that simile of uh, the flight attendant and self-respect. That yeah. really happened to me. I can remember I used to fly a lot in the, the you know, corporate job that I was in. And then I remember having my daughter on the plane with me for the first time. She was up two years old. And I literally had like this physical reaction when the flight attendant said to put the mask on myself before my daughter. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, that's so true because we have to be able to take care of other people. So we've got to respect ourselves before we can really expect to genuinely look after other people, uh, respect other people even, you know, and... Being able to respect that everybody's different, respect that we don't know their truth. We don't know. We can't make assumptions about what they might be feeling, what they might have gone through. Um, this one's really deep. It, it has, you know, a lot of um, asset or assets to it. Um, and then it, it results in generosity. So when we have our grit together, so to speak, <laughs> we we kind of, you know, we're, we're free to really express ourselves the way we need to. We don't hold back. It's abundance rather than scarcity. You think about how many and how many of the the people listening right now think or have thought in the past, I don't have enough time. And we all know that we all have the same amount of time, but it's how we spend it. And when we know our truth, we have our priorities set. We align to those. We, We show ourselves respect in others. It, it it just kind of flows more naturally. We don't feel like we have to. We really want to. So when when we're having those one on one meetings, or we or we're you know going to give feedback or something like that, it's it's a feeling of wanting to, not a feeling of I'm forced to or I have to. Mm, yeah, I like that a lot. I really do. I think I think that you know it's funny because I I don't really think of generosity. When I when I look through leadership, but you know, I'm just thinking of my own story. I'm an entrepreneur. We have a small manufacturing plant here, but I always I always keep snacks in the break room. So whenever you know, I'm just always I'll stop by the supermarket on my way in and make sure we always have something that people can munch on. And I just had one of my employees today. He's like, you know, I really appreciate you bringing in your know, snacks because every once in a while I got you know a sweet tooth and I want something after lunch. And I'm like, well, that's why I do it. I do it because you know, I care for you guys and, you know, and it's, it, I don't even, I don't even really snack too much on it, but it's more for you guys to, to do it. And I think when it comes to this, when you live in your truth and you have integrity, you're showing respect, the generosity, like you said, comes kind of comes out of it. You just do it because you care for others, you know? Yeah. And if it flows so naturally and, and it's the little things like the snacks, it's, Am I generous with my time? Am I not multitasking? Am I taking a few moments to look somebody in the eye? You know, am I generous with my compliments? Am I, it, it's that kind of generosity. 
I love it. I love it. That's something that I hadn't thought of. And I really like that part of uh, the, the grit model that you have. So it's something that I hadn't heard before. But I do think it does flow naturally through those those three and you get to generosity. So I think that makes a lot of sense. One of the things um, you probably know, you look at the data like I do, Gallup tells us that engagement is just, it's trash. It's terrible. I mean, it hasn't really gotten better if I looked at the, the data for probably 10, 12 years and it's right around you know, it's right around 60% of employees, 60 to 70% of employees are disengaged at work, and that number doesn't change much. And um, so, you know, what, how do you, you you suggest some changes or, or some things we could do differently to get people kind of excited and engaged at work? What are some of those ideas? Yeah, you know, leading off with what we just said, it's, it's the simple things, like just yeah. being completely present with people, mm-hmm. being genuine with them. Um, you know, connecting with them. But of course we know not being overly friendly. We don't have to be everybody's buddy. It's uh, yeah. it's important to, you know, we might need to train ourselves to set boundaries as well. Because I know for me, you know, it was like I, when I was first a supervisor, I didn't engage enough. I was almost afraid of making, you know, yeah. too personal of relationships. And then I kind of went to the other end of the spectrum and it was like, oh, I was so friendly. I was going out with them and hanging out with them. And then it got really weird and sticky when it came to accountability. It was, you know, it was difficult for me. So it's, you know, it's really important that we find that middle ground. We find that way to be with people and, and connect with them. And it's, it's having those regular meetings, you know, it's having those one-on-ones and, the, and and not transactional meetings, but meetings whereby we're like, hey, you know, how's it going? How's, yeah. how's the wife? You know, how's the kids? How's the... And sometimes we have to pull the curtain back and share why we're having a meeting like this because sometimes if it has been so transactional in the past and you start talking that way, people are caught off guard of it all. They're oh, like, what happened to John? You know, so you might say, you know, something that I realized about myself, I, I haven't been connecting enough. I want to take yeah. some time to get to know you better. Just tell them, you know, what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You be careful when you, if you just, if you've never been that boss that's been open, then you suddenly open. Yeah. That's a, that's a problem. I never really thought about that, but that is true. Right. Yeah. Uh, But I think you're right. I love the idea of like, how, how's, how's it going? How are you feeling? Um, how are things going, you know, and just, and then shutting up and listening and just letting them have those opportunities to talk. I think is, I mean, I think our employees want to have a voice. They want to know that their boss cares, that 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 mm-hmm. you're not just a number. You you are someone valuable to the organization. I think when you take the time and you spend time with employees and you ask them those open-ended question, questions and you shut your mouth, I think it's a valuable thing that we can do as leaders because it lets them it lets them it lets people speak and, and it lets them hear their voice and and we as leaders can can hear a perspective that maybe we didn't hear or didn't know about and mm-hmm. i think that's really important and i think those bosses that shut their door and they work on their to-do list or their emails and they don't connect i think they miss out on this rich tapestry of knowledge that exists in their companies they just sort of ignore it and and i that would be like to me like torture. I I love I love what's going on. I can tell. Yes. And, and so I'm gonna be like tortured if I had to be forced to stay in my office. Yeah. Morning, so. Yeah. You know, when you were talking, it reminded me of another great thing that leaders can do to increase engagement and is sharing their own experiences and stories of when they were vulnerable, right? And help people to see that A, 
I'm human. B, I'm approachable, you know, and C, here's how I did it. Here's, you know, here's what I did. I like feel felt found. You know, I, I can imagine how you feel. I, I felt I felt that way too when, you know, I was, uh, all I'm thinking about right now is like I'm uh, um, uh, speaking in front of people. I felt that way too. I felt so intimidated and anxious when I had to speak in front of a group of people. But you know what I found? By shifting my thoughts and beliefs about it and realizing I was, I'm just a messenger here to give this to other people, then I got over myself. So just sharing something like that with people goes a long way. It helps them to really believe in you. And then, yeah, we wouldn't, we don't do it for this reason, as you know, John, but people do want to do more for you when you're more genuine and, and share it with them. Yeah, absolutely. When they when they know that their voice is heard, and they're they they that they think they're they're you know they see that their boss cares, they're willing to step up and and, and do more. And it it is such a simple thing, and it's and it's resonated for thirty years in my life, and yet I still find it hard time finding it in the business books. And I have a hard time finding it yeah. in MBA programs. I have a hard time finding it when I speak to college students. They're not taught this, and it and it's and it's no. um. And it's, it's some of the things that are really, you know, it's basic human nature is treating people with respect, you know, and, and, and I think that's, um, yeah, it's something that I think is missing. And there are a lot of good people writing great books and, and teaching this stuff, but it seems like it's, it's, and maybe it's becoming more mainstream now, but it certainly uh, has not been for many years for sure. And I would say only a little bit more mainstream in like companies like myself in leadership yeah. development training. I don't know in the MBA programs and stuff, but you know, I I think um with with leaders being able to being able to really share and share those vulnerabilities and stuff. Um it's there's something so powerful about it. And we're not we're not taught that. And the the, the thing that I was gonna add to that is that People shy away from that, thinking that they'll come across as weak or, yeah. you know, not knowing. And it's so opposite, um, you know, and it really, it really does connect the two of them. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay to say as a boss, you know, I, I don't know, Susan, what do you think? You know, I yes. don't know, Jim, um, you've, you've had a lot more experience with this. What do you think? And even yeah. if you have the answer, like I find myself now, like I'm an experienced executive, so I kind of know the answer, but I also want, I want that learning experience for my team. So I'll say things like, you know, hey, Jim, you, you've done this for a while. What do you think? You know, I, or you're the engineering expert. Wh what are your thoughts on this? Even if I might have the answer, because it gives people a voice and a chance to absolutely be, you know, a, a contribute to the overall direction of the company and, and the decisions we make. And I think they feel like they're more part of the company if they have that chance to contribute. So. It's yeah. so true. And, you know, I think one of the things it's important for listeners to understand is that we're all going to engage a little differently. And sometimes it's worth stepping back, taking some time to think about in my situation, whether I had remote employees or, you know, I'm seeing them in the hallway, my my style, their style, you know, how can I engage better with them and take a few minutes for yourself and 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 be more mindful of it, be more intentional about engaging with them. You'll be surprised the results you see. Yeah. Yeah. I love that challenge. Uh, leaders, you heard it. So <laughs> connect with your people, see what happens. Uh, 
So um, you you to use the term fearless vul- vulnerability. I got to make sure I can understand my English here. Fearless vulnerability. What is that like? Fear being fearless with your yeah energy. yeah. So it's not holding back and it, you know and not being afraid to share that you made a mistake too. Mm-hmm. That that you you know weren't perfect all the time. That yeah. you're still not perfect you know yeah. so that's another another thing to to consider um it's not always about the past sometimes it's helping people to see that yeah i've got a little fear too yeah i'm you know i have that too that ironically makes people makes you look stronger than weaker um and the trick is to really be thinking about the other person, not so much just venting about your own vulnerabilities or needing to vent yourself, but it's how can I help this person by sharing a vulnerability with them? Uh, because it's not, you know, it, it's not like you're with your best friend and you just need to vent about something. It right, really does right. need to be intentional. And I think that's the difference. We sometimes see like maybe on social media, people being so vulnerable and almost whiny sometimes that we want to avoid it. We don't want to come across like that. And that's not what it's about. It's being able to go about as far as you would be uncomfortable with sharing something that has a lesson for that person so that they can grow and learn from that. But it might make you a little uncomfortable too. Yeah, absolutely. I think of like it, you know, being like a parent. I've got two boys, and I've messed up, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, at least in, in trying to raise them. I, you know, make mistakes because there's no owner's manual when you get a kid. You know, you just sort of figure it out. But I, I found myself apologizing. Like I, I really screwed up there. I lost my temper, and I shouldn't have. And uh, you didn't do anything wrong. I, I just lost my temper. You, like I was in a bad moment. And I think when you're when you're authentic like that, and you're and you 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 you're willing to say you're sorry when you made a mistake, uh, I think you know. And again, I think it makes you more human. It makes you more real. You know, I think the people that are trying to be this fake plastic banana kind of manager that they, you know, like I, I'm a caricature of a manager and I'm not a real person. I just don't think people connect with those type of people. They connect with people who are authentic and and who do screw up and, and then occasionally say, you know, I'm sorry, I lost my cool there. I shouldn't have done that, you know. And I think I think that that's an important part of showing that, you know, guess what? I am a, I'm not a. I know you're not a perfect employee, and guess what? I'm not a perfect boss, you know. Yeah, and such a great example of going back to integrity, you know, and cleaning yeah. up the mess. That's that's the perfect example of that, and that will go miles in creating trust. Yeah, 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 I absolutely have seen that for sure. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So, what um, what message would you like to leave to all the listeners who are listening to this conversation? They're like, "I love this. I'm excited about it." Um, tell me more. So, what what kind of final message would you leave with them? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say live and lead with grit, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, just being just being okay with being you and then showing up each day. And doing the best that you can and giving it, giving it your all, not too much, you know, and, but making sure that you're there and you're present and you're engaged yourself, because that's really what people are looking at. You are the example. I love it. That's fantastic. And it's great, great way to close out this episode. How can listeners find out more about you, uh, this book and your company? 
Well, if you're on LinkedIn, I love you to follow me there and engage in conversation with me in the comments. Um, Amazon.com forward slash gritty stuff, G-R-I-T-T-Y-S-T-U-F-F. Uh, you can find all versions of my book, meaning audio, uh, you know, paperback, that kind of thing. And then my website is leadingwithgrit.com. Great. And we're going to put links in the show notes for all of those resources. This has been fantastic. Lori, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing all this. I love this idea of uh, grit with this generosity, respect, integrity, truth. I haven't heard it that way. And I love the fact you bring up generosity because that's one thing we probably haven't touched on. We've talked about truth, integrity, respect, maybe. But I love how you tie in generosity as well. And, uh, and that's sort of an outpouring of these three things ahead of it. I love that. I love this book. I love what you're doing. Thanks a lot for coming on the show and sharing all of this. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you for having me, John. Well, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Reddy saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.